Welcome to another episode of Restoring Your Voice, where me, your host, Pastor David, helps you to use your voice for God's glory to speak up and speak out. Happy Friday out there to all my listeners, and welcome to this uh, episode of Restoring Your Voice on the 12th of November, 2021. And uh, just to be honest with you, quite frankly, uh, this is not something I really, really want to talk about, but needs to be talked about today and uh, I spent a good deal of time pouring my heart out to God about this and praying about it and praying for uh, for just you know a love of him to burn in us and to open the eyes of our heart and it's because and quite frankly there is uh, so much compromise in the world of Christian publishing, uh, specifically the charismatic side of things, um, I'm, I'm not going to name uh, the publishers I'm referring to, um, just not going to, uh, but I'm sure you can figure them out, um, but one of the big problems is we have people who work in these industries and who um, are in charge of, of publishing and marketing and so forth. And they'll talk about no compromise. They'll talk about how, how we have to be right with God and what's the right thing to do and so on and so forth. And yet at the same time, yet at the very same time, uh, they themselves will compromise wholeheartedly. You know, we'll, we talk about people who endorse people like Brian Simmons, for instance, in, in the Passion Translation. And it's been going on for years now. It's, it's not a, a recent thing like within the last six months or even the last year. It's been going on for years now. And, you know, the guy's clearly a heretic, and I've demonstrated that already in the podcast episode. So you can uh, look that up, uh, what I have to say about the Passion Translation. It's also on my YouTube channel. Or, or the latest thing, uh, well, not one of the latest thing, but... One of the latest things I saw, uh, for instance, was a video clip of Gene Bailey um, interviewing Jesse Duplantis. And Jesse Duplantis actually had the nerve to say that the reason Jesus didn't return is because, uh, has not returned yet, is because he, uh, we have not given enough money. Now, where is that in the Bible? I have no idea. I'm, <clears throat> I don't read any scripture like that in any of the uh, prophecies of when Jesus will return. But there it is. And we have people like <clears throat> Mr. Lance Wall now standing right there next to him. And I'm telling you right now, but if, if that would have been me right there, I would have walked off. I would have walked off right then and there and not came back ever. And yet, <clears throat> Mr. Gene Bailey, who just happens to be part of his network and the show just happens to fall under Kenneth Copeland Ministries. And that's enough problems right there. Uh, enough said with that part but now by one of these charismatic publishing companies uh he is going to have a book published by them by them like seriously like a man who does not care truly about what the word of god has to say and a charismatic book company is going to publish his book and if you don't see a problem there then i honestly can't help you but this is a humongous problem. You know, we want people, you know, we in the charismatic community, which I consider myself a part of, I believe in, in the full operations, uh, full gifts of the spirit are an operating operation today. Uh, the full five ministry is 
still in operation today. I don't believe they ever passed away, and I don't believe they will pass away until Jesus returns. Um, so I believe in all that. However, we want people to move in that, yet we push people away and show people how wrong it is at the same time. So we're trying to say how right it is, but we're showing otherwise. We're our own worst enemies. We're shooting ourselves in the foot by doing this kind of thing. We're, we're showing people the insanity and utter ridiculousness that charismania can go to. And that's what, I'm not the first person to coin that term, but I'm using it here. Charismania, right? In other words, going above and beyond. Like we're going way outside of scripture. You know, we're saying things that scripture don't even doesn't even back up. You know, we have books published about, I mean, solely based on personal revelation. Maybe one or two scriptures to so-called, quote-unquote, back it up. But but there are books being published based off of personal revelation. Based off of people's trips to heaven. With zero scriptural backup for it. How do we even know that they're even true, these accounts uh, in heaven? Why? Because it makes us feel good? Why? Because it tickles our ears? Why? Because it... it it helps to encourage us. Is that our litmus test now of what is true? Or do we filter things through scripture? What is our test of truth? Because I'll tell you right now, what I'm seeing lately is we have no test of truth. We The, the test of, of what is true is not Jesus. It's not the Holy Spirit. And Jesus said that the Holy Spirit will lead us in all truth. So we have this utter, you know, absurdity, these... You know, I don't. I think absurd, extraordinary. How about that extraordinary absurdity we see happening today, abounding, and and the reason why it's being allowed to abound is because, as the scriptures tells, in the last days, you know, people will heap false teachers unto themselves. So people are buying up these books, paying these publishing companies, you know, coffers, paying the people who work for them their salaries. Uh, paying uh, the cost of these books to be shipped and printed and so on and so forth and sold in the first place because it costs money to sell them. We're paying them. People are paying them by buying up these books, by, by not uh, conferring with Scripture whether something is true or not. And at the end of the day, my friends, I've said it before and I'll say it again, that the litmus test of what is true is not how something makes us feel. But whether or not scripture can attest to it. Does scripture back it up or does it not? If it doesn't back it up at the end of the day, there is no truth to it. I mean, we have books out there. We have description books about all sorts of different kinds of angels that are just not in scripture. So we have no, no basis for truth. Now, let me just pause and say that I'm not trying to be legalistic and say that uh, if it's not 100% explicit, explained out in scripture, it's not true. Like we have the Trinity, for instance, or the triune nature of God. But that is, you can find it in scripture. But say, for instance, these ridiculous names for angels and descriptions for angels. We have everything from healing angels to angels of surgery to angels of weight loss. And that's where, find me any scriptural reference to that. I find they are ministering. The number one job of angels, for instance, according to the book of Hebrews and in, uh, in chapter one, is that they are ministering spirits to us. That is their job. Ministering spirits. Number one job right there. You might 
might be able to make a, a an inference that they are warrior angels, sure, but there's no description given of them. But you know, let's take let's take people's accounts of their trips to heaven. Now, I'm not discounting that you know every person who's ever written an account actually has had a trip to heaven. That's not what I'm discounting. But wait a minute here. Why did Paul talk about himself in the third person when he wrote about his account to heaven? And then when he did write an account in, of heaven in the scriptures, why did he not give any detail? So I wonder that how many of the people talking about their trips to heaven ever even got permission to say anything about it in the first place. I'm wondering that because there seems to be an abundance of books written and interviews done with these people speaking about it in detail i wonder how many of them actually got released and then those who do speak about it whether or not they got a release how many of them actually had a real trip to heaven and, and like i said we want people to move in power right I mean, the bible says that there are people who have a form of godliness but deny the power thereof so so we want to cry out to our fellow brothers and christian our fellow um, brothers and sisters in Christ um, Whom I have no doubt are And we want to say come what, Don't you see that, that all of this is true And at the same time We're presenting anything but true We're being our own Worst enemies in this We're showing people No it's not for today Because look at the other absurdity of it It's a, it's a circus show That's what we've turned it into We've, we've turned Something that is meant to point to God And we've turned it into a circus show A circus act That That's all it has become From what I've seen lately And like I said when I say the word lately It doesn't mean just within the last year or so But uh, over that time, time frame And here we are and, and these people are being endorsed By major voices But I believe that a lot of these major voices Are in, uh, in and of themselves compromised and, and we see that with this, okay, well, it's the good old boys club. You know what? Because, you know, you're known by me. I'm known by you. You, you scratch my back. I scratch your back. Therefore, I'm, you know, we now all endorse one another. And it's, and it's become like a mafia family, to be frank. And this, I told you, uh, you know, this is a heavy subject, but it needs to be talked about. We have books on courts of heaven. Show me the courts of heaven in scripture. Show me that where we have to go and, and act like a courtroom and all that in the courts of heaven. Show me the courtrooms of heaven in the scriptures. Please. Yes, there is a link, by the way, to leave me a voice message. You can go to Anchor FM. You can search up this podcast, Restoring Your Voice on Anchor FM, and you can leave me a voice message. If you disagree with me or if you agree with me, skeptics and critics, uh, you know, bring your most vociferous disagreements bring your most fiery arguments and i'll have you and i'll air your uh your comments and your questions but please i'm asking you if if you disagree with me to prove me wrong that's what i'm asking if you disagree please prove me wrong but because what i'm saying i cannot find a scripture and at the end of the day we must search, search the scriptures for whether something is true or not true we can't just wing it. Well, it makes me feel good. Well, you know what? I, I think by hearing this, I can pray more powerful prayers. Prayers about what and to whom, I, I don't know. But there's certainly nothing in the Bible. 
And we wonder why people make fun of us for. We wonder why we were now more and more as, as the days go by become the laughing stock. Oh, oh, don't worry. We might be cool within our own little clique. But that's about as far as it goes. We, we don't strike a balance. And we need to realize we need to strike a balance. Is personal revelation true? Absolutely. No doubt. But it is not true unless it can be backed up by scripture. And if it cannot be backed up by scripture, then at the end of the day, it is not true at all. And we have to realize that. The litmus test of truth is not how something makes us feel. Okay, not everything we hear is going to make us feel good. And because it doesn't make us feel good, does not dismiss its validity. So things we're supposed to hear are also supposed to rebuke us and the things we are supposed to hear are also to correct us. Not just encourage us, not just teach us. We, we can't fully be equipped without a challenge in our lives, without something coming our way and chafing against us and rubbing off the rough edges and knocking off you know the the false doctrines and 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 smoothing out things so that we more accurately represent jesus in everything we do everything we say everything we preach everything we teach we have to realize that at the end of the day it's all about glorifying jesus if it's about glorifying anything man-made then it is not of god which means it's of hell and it's of the devil and that's where we're, we've gotten into especially within the world of publishing and specifically the charismatic publishing um, businesses if you I just call them that businesses that's really all they become a business a way to market and make money but I don't right now it doesn't go any farther than that there might be a few books in there and you know what for the people who, who won't compromise and their books are getting published because you know they want to bring us back to the heart of God then I applaud them and I'm not going to question why they still go through these publishing companies that's not for me to decide uh, that's between them and God at the end of the day so I applaud all of those people out there still and with that we'll take a short break all right, welcome back. So today, um, it's a very heavy subject, very weighty matter. I'm discussing uh, the world of of charismatic Christian publishing and the just insane amount of compromise. So I kind of pointed out a lot of the problems, throwing in some solutions there. But what else? Well, what we need to do is have our heart break for what breaks God. We need to pray prayers like, Lord, open the eyes of my heart. Shine on me any areas of my life that are compromised are the type of prayers we need to be praying. You know, people want revival. And yes, there is a book being published that there is going to be waves of revival breaking out across America. Hey, if you see signs of that happening, let me know. Because I see zero sign of that happening anytime soon. Not so long as... We're here in this area of compromise. I'm telling you, revival isn't going to break out. And we need to pray for that. Lord, open the eyes of my heart. And then when we do, then, then we make it corporate. We say, Lord, open the eyes of our hearts. Let us see. Let, let us be burdened with the things that burden you and not selling books. Let us 
burden us, Lord. Burden us with the things that burden your heart that weigh heavily on your heart. Lord, help us to hate what you hate and help us to love what you love is the type of prayers that we need to be praying right now. And I'm going to even throw out a challenge to everybody out there, regardless of who you are. You know, even if it is your job to read books and interview people based on this book, I'm going to challenge everybody out there. Take a break from reading these books. I'm not saying they're all evil, but I want you to take a break. I want you to put all of your emphasis into the study of scripture. I want you to take, I'm going to throw out a crazy challenge or a month long challenge. No type of books outside of the Bible for an entire month. I want you to do that. And I want you to put the emphasis solely on scripture. I'm not saying what scripture you have to study. I would start with something like maybe even the book of Hebrews. Maybe you've never even studied, truly studied the Bible. And I would pick a place to start and study from there. There are wonderful study tools out there. We have a NET Bible you can use. You have a Blue Letter Bible. These are two free resources that are absolutely free to everybody. But study the Bible alone. Don't read any books. I don't care if it is your job. But you know what? If you care more about the job than you do about God, then you have made an idol out of your job. You have, you have made an idol out of your podcast. You name it. But this is my challenge to you. Why? Because we need to get back to being, uh, having our the theology and doctrine uh, based upon the word of God. We need to get back to that. And we've completely lost it. Completely lost it. Not just lost it, completely lost it. We, we need to realize that there are God things that God wants to show us. There are things God won't show us. And we need to realize, yes, the Bible does say that even Satan himself can appear as an angel of light. And I'm sure when he shows up as an angel of light, <clears throat> it's sure going to make us feel good. <clears throat> sure, it's going to confirm a lot of things that we may believe, but it's not going to be true at the end of the day. And it's going to do an, uh, an incredible amount of damage in our own personal lives and and however many people we reach, whether it's two people, whether it's 2,000 people, whether it's 2 million people, regardless. We need to get back to having a foundation on the Word of God. What does Scripture say? And we need to do what the Word of God says, not just study, but we need to obey it. And we need to prove all things. We can't just... Simply say, well, I did read the word of God. Well, did you prove this revelation, whether it's a personal revelation to you or a personal revelation from somebody else? Have you proved it with scripture? Have you tested it with scripture? And then after all of that, did it or did it not pass the test of scripture? That is the question. Does it or does it not pass the test of scripture? There are so much, so many examples I can use. Funky monkey examples I can use of this funky monkey Christianity coming out nowadays. But it's not true. But I'm trying to point you and steer you back. Some of you were never there and I need to, and I'm trying to steer you to the proper place. Because we all want a voice for God. And that's what we should want. Not just a voice to uplift ourselves or uplift this person over there or that person or that ministry or, or that book or that this. 
No, it's about God and God alone at the end of the day. If you are not Christ-centered, then you have no center, and you will drift upon every wind of doctrine out there, which is what the Bible warns us against doing, which the Bible tells us the purpose of apostles and prophets and pastors and teachers and evangelists is to equip us so we don't drift and blow with every wind of doctrine out there. And that's what I'm trying to help you um, not to do and to be solidly grounded, solid ground, sol solidly grounded on me. Absolutely not. But solidly grounded on Christ alone. You must make Jesus your center. You must make him the object of your desires, the object of your attention day after day after day, day in, day out. From hour to hour, waking or sleeping, Jesus must be your sole focus or you will drift and drift badly and you won't even know that you're drifting. You won't even know it because you never fixed your eyes on the author and perfecter of your faith, Jesus Christ, as the Bible commands us to do. All right. The Bible is not a list of suggestions. Let me say that. It is a list of commandments in there. It tells us what to do. It tells us what not to do. Yes, it even goes into such great details how to do it. The Bible gives such things as to study the word of God. To spend time in prayer. It even teaches us how to pray. And it doesn't say if you pray. It says when you pray. It says that the Holy Spirit will lead us in all truth. Not lead us in all feeling good. That the Holy Spirit will convict us of sin. And conviction doesn't feel good. But my God does it bring right standing with God. Does it bring a holiness that we can never attain in and of ourselves? <clears throat> does it not bring a fire and passion that, that even if we attended billions of Christian conferences and read billions of charismatic books throughout our lives, none of those could bring it. We need to realize that. We need to get back to a love for God. You want to know the solution? The solution isn't complicated. Love God. Love God with all of your heart, all of your mind, all of your soul. I may have heard that somewhere, so may have you. I don't know, maybe a place called the Bible. Maybe from a, a time when the Pharisees asked Jesus what were the most important commandments, and he told them, and the first one he mentioned is that one. We can't say, well, I love people because I make them feel good. I love people because they buy my books. I love people because, and we and we put all these things on there. No, we love people because we first love God. We love people, not because of people, not to get a deal, not to make friends, but we because we love God, and love doesn't always look like making somebody feel good about themselves. Oftentimes, love feels like conviction. I swear right now. Especially in the charismatic circles. If Jesus were to come right now. If he were to show up today like he showed up back then. In, when he first showed up into public ministries. That we would crucify him all over again. Saying who are you? You're way too judgmental. You're way too critical. I don't like that kind of stuff. And we would scream crucify him all over again. We would scream crucify him. All the louder. We would probably even call it. Um, shout it all the louder. Than even the crowds did on that very day. When he was standing with Pontius Pilate. That's how far off we've gotten from the heart of God. Yes. What I, is what I'm saying radical? Yes, but it's nevertheless true. 
You know, back in the days when Jesus was standing about to get judged, when he was standing there, the people back then had completely lost the heart of God. And when he came, the Bible says that, that his own did not know him. His very own did not know him. And yet, how, how much more is that true today? That his very own, those who call themselves Christian charismatics would say something radical. Oh, I know the Lord and boy, hmm. No, you don't know a bit of him. We don't know a bit of him today or think about him. We only know what we like, but we don't like all of Jesus. We don't like the Jesus who has a holy standard, who calls for prayer, who calls for us to go out and be good witnesses in all of the earth. We don't like that Jesus. We don't like the Jesus that calls us to a higher standard of living that says, hey, son, daughter, if you lust after another person, you have committed adultery. If you hate another person, you have committed murder. We don't like that Jesus. We want the Jesus that makes us feel good. The Jesus that gives us good, feeling good vibes and helps us to quote, quote unquote prophesy to people and speak and pray in tongues. We like that Jesus. Ooh, the one that makes us shine. But we don't want to shine the light of Christ because we so darken it in our own lives. Get back to the heart of Jesus. Get back to the heart of Jesus. That is the only solution. We want to, we want to, the solution to what ails us get back to jesus more books being published isn't the solution the book the bible is the solution and its author jesus christ is the solution so that's it for this episode of restoring, restoring your, your voice. voice with your host pastor david and saying god bless you get out there and be the kingdom